Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to Stay Out of My Crease. Today is Tuesday, February 6th, 2018, and this is Season 3, Episode 5. Tonight we have a special guest, um, Ralph Garcia from NGSC Sports, will be joining us to talk some Predators hockey. So for you Pred fans out there, um, it would be a great time to talk to Ralph because Mike Fisher just announced he's coming back. So, And every time Ralph is on the show, we have a wonderful conversation with him about all sorts of hockey topics. So look forward to having Ralph join us later. Um, If you're new to our show, welcome. Stay Out of My Crease is a hockey show for hockey fans by hockey fans. We don't claim to be experts, but we claim to have a lot of fun and get you as much information as we possibly can. If you want to call in and join our discussion tonight, um, 516-418-5573 is the number to call in. You can also listen to the show that way as well. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Stay Out of Crease. There is no my in that. And on Facebook, you can search us up by looking in the search bar for Stay Out of My Crease. Um, We are also available for download on iTunes and Google Play now. So that's very exciting. And you can also um, you can also find our podcast on blogtalkradio.com backslash K as in Kim, J as in Jimmy, and C as in Chris radio. And if you go to that link, it'll pull up all the shows that KJC radio hosts actually that are hosted on KJC radio. Um, If you're outside of the United States, you can always give us a call by calling us via Skype. You don't have to use video. We don't have that capability, but you can use it just like a regular phone call with no camera. And you can call the 516-418-5573 number. And if you miss any of our information or our calendar of events or anything like that, we we have our website, which is stayoutofmycrease.com. And um, I think that's all the business. I would like to thank everybody that um, has been promoting Stay Out of My Crease this past week. I heard it's been posted around in a lot of groups this week. So I appreciate the, uh, the promotion. You know, free promotion is always a great thing for us. So without further ado, I'm going to bring our, my co-host, Jimmy, on. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, good evening, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm really good because I don't have to do all that um, business information stuff that you have to do to start every show because I don't know it <laughs> takes me a little bit longer to get through all that so it's okay <laughs> that's what I do best <laughs> right so um, we have um, Olympics coming up next week I know how exciting well I think it's going to be fun too because this. You know, the U.S. Um, women's team hasn't won the gold now since 
98. So it's been exactly 20 years. Now, if you go back to um, when the men's team won the gold in 1980, they had won the gold. They hadn't won it since 1960, which is exactly 20 years. So I'm wondering if the women's team is now due for a miracle of their own. Yeah, I mean, that would be really awesome to see. Um, I was too young to see the original Miracle on Ice, but I did watch the movie. And um, I know somebody like you that lived through it, especially being from Minnesota, where hockey is such a big thing up there. That was just something that you can never explain to somebody that didn't see it live. Well, and for some of these girls, you know, this is their third or fourth attempt at it. So, um, and maybe their last, like the the Lamoureux twins from um, Grand Forks, North Dakota. I mean, they're they're 28 now, and 30. I suppose they could still go at 32, um, but um, you know, you would have thought that they would have won a couple goals by now. Um, but uh, um, and then the, the other thing that stands out for me as I was looking over the roster as to you know who was playing and who wasn't playing is that you look and it's pretty much Minnesota, Wisconsin, some Illinois players, Massachusetts players. And then you got this gal, um, Hillary Knight from Sun Valley, Idaho, which I think is great. Um, she right. actually plays for the Boston pride. So, um, the pro- professional team. So, um, to have somebody from that far out West, um, is, is, is pretty good because, you know, you don't, when you think of Idaho, you think of skiing, you don't necessarily think of ice hockey. Right. You're yeah, you're exactly right. You know, you don't when you hear a player from Idaho, you don't really think much about them being hockey players. You know, when I think of Idaho, I think of um Idaho potatoes, not to like be ignorant or anything, but you know, Idaho I don't associate with hockey very much at all. So that's that's great for Hillary. Well, and it you know it is a cold environment, colder environment up there too. So you know, especially when you get up, and she's from Sun Valley, which is you know that, that's that's clear in mountain country up there. So um, it, they get snow year round, I think, up there. But um, well, maybe not. But up at the top of the hill, they probably do. Um, but no, I thought that was kind of interesting. And you know, it, so it just goes to show it's a, it's not just you know three or four states that are feeding players. You know, there's a gal from Colorado that's on there. There's a gal from um, Vermont that's on there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different, a lot of different gals from a lot of different areas. And it, I think it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. I'm excited. Um, I think what the opening ceremonies are Thursday or Friday this week. I believe so. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe. Now I haven't really, and to be honest, and this is probably really bad on my part, I have not looked up the Olympic hockey schedule um, for this uh, year. Yeah, I, 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 the women's team doesn't, because there aren't as many women's teams that that they that they let in, so to speak. So their, um, uh, what you call it? their their schedule is is a little more compact. So to speak, or, right. you know, they don't. They don't have to. Um, they start out on Sunday against Finland. They're, they're the prelims. All right. Prelims are Sunday. Sunday against Finland, and then on the 13th, which would be a week from today, um, they play against the 
um, Olympic athletes from Russia. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, because it's not Prince. Team Russia. <laughs> no, it's like the artist formerly known as Prince. But um, And then they play right. in the prelims. They play Canada on the, on the 15th, on Thursday the 15th. So that will be good. Yes, that's the game that everybody looks forward to, I think, is U.S. and Canada. Because um, it's such a great rivalry, and it has been for so many years. Um, looks like the men start on Wednesday the 14th, on Valentine's Day. And they play Slovenia. That should be good. That should be fun. Yeah. Um, it should yeah, be. The, uh, the, the games are, um, you know, obviously it's a different time zone. So um, <laughs> the games are um, all being streamed, though. Um, they're, a lot of them are broadcast on NBCSN. And they're, they're being played live. So, like, for instance, if you want to stay up till if you're in the Eastern time zone, and you want to stay up till 2.40 a.m. on Sunday night, um, or Sunday morning, I think it is, <laughs> you can watch the Finland game. And if you get up at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, you can watch um, the, the the Russian game. And then the Thursday game against Canada is at 10 o'clock Eastern, and that's on NBCSN. So that one will be, that will be a lot of fun to watch because that's, well, that's 9 o'clock for me. So, I mean, that's. I'll be able to watch that whole game on NBCSN, so that'll be fun. So yeah, definitely. A lot of, all, pretty much all of these games are going to be on um, NBCSN or USA, or and they're going to be on live. So, and then you know, obviously they're going to rebroadcast them. But if you want to watch them live, you can. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be streaming it. Um, well, I I will be watching it as I get ready for work, and then of course I have to leave by eight o'clock my time. So at least you know I can watch a little bit of it live, and then I have to wait for the replays to come on. But um, yeah, I I'm excited because this is the stream it on your phone and work without sound on, so you can at least see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Well, Erin doesn't listen to the show, so we're good. <laughs> She's not a sports fan at all. Um, but, no, I mean, I I did that, what was it, on boxing? No. When they had afternoon, when, um, oh, when the Leafs played earlier this year um, for their 100th game, like it was the 100th year of the first game that they played and it was played like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I was streaming it on my phone at work. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to miss this. Um, but yeah, I do. I paid attention to my work and I glance at it kind of sporadically, but I mostly watched it on my, uh, my breaks and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I have a great job. So I, you know, I do that first naturally, but you know, sometimes you, you do get a break. So <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I can't believe this will be the first Olympics that we watch in a while that didn't have NHL players in it. Right, and and you know, then I mean, that's how it used to be, and uh, you know, and it's kind of a shame because you know, it it, it it'd be nice to have the best players playing, and and that's not going to happen this year. And that's I, I always thought that that's what the Olympics was all about was you know the best at every at every sport competing, and 
just that whole bargaining thing with the NHL and the players' union is, still bothers me, but nothing we can do about it now. We'll just enjoy the hockey we get. Exactly. And, you know, this will give people a chance that don't get to see um, a lot of the college games because they're out of, you know, network or they just don't get them on their TV. It'll give them a chance to see some of the college kids that are going to be playing in this. And um, it'll give them a chance to see some of the ladies that play in the NWHL. Um, I, I think it's great. You know, I'm excited. I'm to, truthfully, I'm more excited for the women's hockey team, hockey um, tournament than I am the men's because they don't get to see a lot of the NWHL players play. So for me, this is going to be like a huge treat. Well, and it's nice too because, you know, I, I always talk about it when we're talking about different college teams when they're playing and how they play on the Olympic-sized sheet of ice. Well, guess what? Every one of these games is played on an Olympic-sized sheet of ice, you know, hence the name Olympic-sized sheet of ice. So right. they're, they're all going to be on the big rink. And it's it, the level of play, especially when, you know, the, the Russian team, the Finland team, um, you know, the U.S. team, the Canada, Canadian team, you know, the Sweden team, um, you know, some of these teams are just so good that um, it, it's going to be amazing. It's going to really right. be amazing to watch. Oh, no doubt. Well, I do believe Ralph is on the phone, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Hi, Ralph. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. How are you? Um, I am fucking great. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. He slides it in just like that. <laughs> yeah. So, Ralph, you're no stranger to being on our show here, but we have actually gotten quite a few new listeners since you've last been on. Um, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and about NG, um, NGSC Sports? Well, why don't I do that? Uh, I am, of course, uh, Ralph Garcia. I'm uh, CEO of NGSC Sports. The website is NGSCSports.com. Uh, you can also catch me hosting uh, my two shows. Uh, Wednesday night, I do host Attack on the Political. That's right, uh, a political show on a sports network. Uh, also on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, depending on how we feel, uh, I host In the Battle Box, our weekly baseball show. Of course, you can find us on Facebook at NGSC Sports, on Twitter at NGSC Sports, on LinkedIn on NGSC Sports, our website NGSC Sports, and I'm just ready to talk you-know-what. Oh, yeah. Predators hockey. Oh, my goodness. They are becoming like the scariest team in the NHL right now. They really are. I love it. I, love I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. So how do you feel about Mike Fisher coming back out of retirement? Well, I, when I talked to you guys, uh, one of the shows previously uh, last season, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the Predators and how the strides that they were able to make, the run they were able to make in the playoffs. And we talked about the fact that Mike Fisher, of course, was announcing his retirement from the NHL. Mike Fisher, of course, one of the most respected hockey players in the NHL, loved by everyone, a hard worker, does it the right way every single night. And one of the things that we talked about, Jimmy and Kim, was I talked about how, how Fisher must be feeling, and he said it himself, about 
retiring. He was very sure about the retirement. He didn't have just like any other player. You're sure you're ready to do this. He was very ready to do it. He talked to his wife, of course, a uh, country music star, Carrie Underwood. And they were in agreement, you know, they have a son to raise, and uh, he wanted to go into some business ventures. But the thing that I talked about with you guys was how a player must feel when, when his team makes a run like they made in his last season and, and what kind of feelings that would, that, would, that would be left over for Mike Fisher. And we're finding out now. Uh, Fisher, of course, as I talked, has, you know, retired last August. And he's been you know, doing his thing, like I said, business ventures. He's got his wife. He's got his son living life. But here's a guy who the, the fire, the fire of the ice, fire of the skate, the fire of the stick, the fire of the puck. This is one guy where it burned so deep. And, and, and it was, and it burned so deep at the end of the season. And he came and he hung around. He was, you know, hanging around with the Preds and skate, skate around practices whenever he could show up. And not too long ago, uh, of course, uh, David Coyle and the Predators uh, getting together, talking about what they were going to do uh, before the uh, trading deadline, the February 26th uh, trading deadline. And back in December, the, the team got together and they were talking about ideas and how they're going to move forward uh, for the rest of the season. Of course, expecting uh, you get to the Stanley Cup, your only goal, well, should, let me repeat, you get to the Stanley Cup, you lose then your only goal should be to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals and win. So, Poyle and, and his team started. So, how much do you think his how much do you think his decision is is based upon? Um, I don't know, by the way. Uh, how much of his decision is based um, upon you know how well the Predators are actually playing right now? I mean, do you yeah. think if they if they weren't sitting you know at at or near the top of you know the the central division and one of the best records in hockey, and um, you know what they just got what Forsberg back, and then um, you know Johansson finally scored you know what was it last night you know after his drought from fourteen games or fifteen games or whatever it was, you know how do you, is there any way he comes back if they're middle of the pack? No, because again the decision was was made and and to quote. Uh, uh, Fisher, part of his quote, he said, after I retired, I was done. And that's what I felt like. Well, it was the right decision. And he continued to say the more he thought about it, uh, he really didn't decide on the receipt, but he kept thinking about the opportunity. And more importantly, going to what you just said, Jimmy, he said in the press conference, he thought about how good this team is, which made him think of the run last year and what could possibly be. So, yeah, that had a well, good he- point. If you go back to last year, remember Nashville was an afterthought getting into the playoffs. Nobody thought that they were going to do anything. They weren't sitting at the top of the central. They were the last. They were the last wild card in and barely in. And you know, for them to be able to play at this level, um, you know, that's got to make him think. You know, hey, we're still on the same run that we were on last year. You know, it hasn't given up. I, I want to be a part of that. And I think to his credit, um, I heard that he met with. Uh, um, Roman Yossi, who's the captain now, uh, a couple of times, you know, to, 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 you know, basically to determine whether or not he was going to be, you know, they wanted him back, you know, and obviously they do. Well, yeah, and, 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 and you think about it, uh, as you said, good point. The Predators were not a thought about of the playoffs last year. 
But as, as we saw, when it opens up with the sweep of the Blackhawks and it continued on through the playoffs, this team, and, and I talked about it with you guys one of the first times I came on last year, the chemistry that had to be built with the players uh, that we are, the young kids, uh, the old guys, the veterans, and that chemistry built throughout the playoffs to the point where I think we're in agreement, all hockey fans and people in the NHL are in agreement that this year, the Predators, of course, don't ask anybody here in Nashville because they're all biased, but <laughs> this year, and, and, and I'll, I'll ask the two of you, as a matter of fact, instead of me bringing it up, Kim, I'm going to ask you, at the beginning of this season, did you feel the same way about the Predators that you did at the beginning of last season about their uh, potential to make the playoffs? Oh, definitely not. Um, like Jimmy said, the Predators were kind of an afterthought. You know, they're a team that tended to make the playoffs every other year, if not, you know, every year. But they always seemed to get that first-round bounce, or they, they would run into that hot team that would just knock them out. So, no. I mean, this year, I honestly thought, because I knew Peter Laviette's history, as a coach, and I know that he can take a team to a Stanley Cup final and then have a terrible year the next year. And so for me, I, I was kind of on the fence. I was like, they're either going to be a force to be reckoned with to a point, or they're going to be a typical, you know, Peter Laviette team where they're not going to do very well at all. And um, well, my, my answer to that question is we had – before the season started, we had picked who we thought were going to make the playoffs, and I did not have Nashville as making the playoffs. I did not Neither have did Pittsburgh I. as making the playoffs, <laughs> and I did not have Minnesota as making the playoffs. So, you know, I, I and the only one that really looks good right now is probably Minnesota not making the playoffs. But you know, <laughs> there's still time for Pittsburgh not to make it. But I think Nashville's pretty much it. And, and you were you were, you're talking about at the beginning of this season, Jim. Okay. Yeah, we, okay. we we did a pick show at the beginning of the season. Well, in, and, and, here, and here's here's my reasoning behind that is that you know you look at the team and for you know, the majority of the season last year they did not play very well and then they ran through and they ran they rode a hot goaltender throughout you know the the last say four or five weeks of the season and squeaked their way into the playoffs and then rode that goaltender all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and. Uh, at Pecorini's age, I just didn't see him being able to do that over a full season. And well, that's why I, I figured that they would, you know, they would play well. And, you know, maybe if they could get their way in, they would, they might be able to, you know, catch, catch magic in a bottle again. But um, they uh, or lightning in a bottle or whatever you want to put in the bottle. Um, down there in, in Tennessee, you probably want to put um, what, bourbon in there. But um <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, I, I, I didn't really see them as, you know, as being able to, you know, put up the same kind of numbers, especially, you know, when you look at the division that they're in, you know, there's a lot of good teams in there and you got to play those teams a lot of times. So, you know, I, I underestimated them and I'm happy about it. I, you know, I, I'd love to see them go back and win it, you know, you know, next year because I'd like the Wild to win it this year. But um, next year, or even this year, <laughs> if the Wild don't make it in, that's the team I'm rooting for. So, well, when you when you look at the Predators right now, of course, thirty-two, twelve, and seven, seventy-one points tied with the Jets, 
at the, in the Central Division of the Western Conference. They do have two games in hand over the Jets. The Vegas Golden Knights, holy crap, man. Well, they playing hockey or they what? Are, what? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's something I never expected. But I'll tell you the thoughts down here. Now, of course, there's expectations, but the thoughts down here from us uh, hockey and Fred heads, when you look at their lineup, and you just mentioned Johansson and a scoring drought. So with a scoring drought, here are the Predators sitting in the first place. We, we talk about guys like Subban, Forsberg, and somebody please explain to me about this suspension because I don't know, and neither is anybody here. But oh, my that, gosh. That was, yeah, that was a, that's explain. You think you talk about guys like Subban, Forsberg, Johansson, Yossi. These are guys that are expected to produce. But the, what we were looking at down here was, was Victor Arvidsson's season real, and could, could he improve on it? The talented young Kevin Fiala. This kid showed so much promise last year, so the question would be now, with a full season under his belt, could he show that he belongs in the, NF, in the NHL? We talked about Craig Smith last year. And, you know, I, I still right. have issues with Craig Smith. But the thing here, of course, and you just said it, Jimmy, Pekka is the key. Pekka right oh. now, can anybody say Vizina tro- Trophy? It, oh, it, it my is, goodness. It it's incredible what this guy could do. I'm trying to get in 26, 26 out of his 38 starts are quality starts. He has a 937 even strength percentage, uh, which is the highest among 26 NHL goal centers with at least 30 starts. In the last eight games, Pekka has a 1.58, 1.85 goals against average and a 932 save percentage. And when you look at that uh, win, the comeback win over the Islanders, Pekka, of course, he, he blamed it on himself. Like you said, we wouldn't be there in the first place if it wasn't for me. But he doesn't, he's, he doesn't take credit. But if you've seen what Pekka did and the acrobatic saves that he made to close that game out to allow the Predators to come back, you brought up a good point, Jimmy. At his age, you didn't expect it. But this Predator team is showing all year long that that team that made the run in the playoffs is the team here that you're seeing right now. Well, and I look at it a little differently, too. You know, I just I, – um, you, like you said, Pecorini, he started He started he, 38 games, right? Um, and his overall goals against is 2.32 and his overall save percentage is .926, okay? Now, here's the definition of a team. The backup goaltender, 2.33 goals against average, .927. Yeah, I was getting ready to say Soros is doing very well this year, too. So they are a really good – Right. They're a great one-two punch. So when you have a backup goaltender pulling those numbers, you instantly become a threat, in my opinion. Allowed- yeah, which allows Rene, Rene to have the confidence in Soros. And when he knows when he's getting arrested, great, what you said, they came about a one-two punch. When you have that kind of, we know what hockey is, guys. You, you have skaters. Look at the Preds, for example. You, know, you have yet to see a Predator. You have to, we don't worry about a Predator getting 100 points, 80 points, 90. It just doesn't happen here in Nashville. But when you look at the scoring of the Nashville Predators, 41 points for Subban, 38 for Forsberg, 35 for Yara, 34 Arvidsson, 33 Johansson, 30 Craig Smith, 30 for Yossi. It is a balanced team, but hockey and championships are won in the net between the pipes. 
when you have two guys like this playing the way they're playing, that makes for a great run. It does. And, you know, the thing that you guys absolutely positively have that the last couple of Stanley Cup winners have had um, in the last couple of years, you guys are really stacked for deep lines. They can hurt you no matter what line is on the ice at this time. And that really does help bail out your goaltender. Um, but on the flip side, Pecorine, I believe, with Nashville making it to the cup finals last year, I believe that gave Rene the confidence that he had been lacking the last couple of years. And that's something that he's actually taken the time to build upon to get even better, which is, you know, terrible for Central Division fans that aren't Predators fans. Um, you know, it's it's great for you guys down there in Nashville. I mean, it was – you guys are a great crowd. You're fun to watch in the playoffs. Um, I, I loved, absolutely loved watching your crowd in the playoffs. And it's intense. It's like, you know, the, they may not – know the sport inside and out to a point, but even if they don't, they still love the game. They love yelling. They love cheering and they're really loud. <laughs> and I love it. Well, you and, know? and as a, as being in the central division with my wild, it, it, it's nice to be able to get uh, our butts kicked by Winnipeg and Nashville this year, as opposed to Chicago and <laughs> St. Louis and Dallas, like most years. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The regular nice, nice to have two more teams that are really good. As regular, <laughs> Kim, you brought up a you brought up a real good point right there. One one thing that I say about all sports is there are certain franchises that have a history of winning. So even when they have a down year, they know how to come back and be winners, and it doesn't take them long. There are other franchises that are just mired in losing. And when you go into that locker room, when you skate out there with them, they're just losers. They don't know anything else but losing. With the Predators and David Coyle, they built up to this. And going back, Jimmy, to what you were saying about last year and then your choices of thinking they won't make the playoffs this year, and what you said, Kim, about confidence, think about this Predator team that found itself sweeping the Blackhawks, basically dominating the Western Conference playoffs, making it to the Stanley Cup Finals, coming so close from beating uh, to beating uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They come into this season full of confidence. Confidence. They talked about it in the preseason. I went to a few uh, practices and skate arounds and some of the uh, exhibition games where you heard some of the guys saying the feel was different, the feel in the locker room, the confidence. And then, yes, Pekka knowing he's got a backup now that he can count on, seeing what he was able to do his confidence built, and now the Predators find themselves in their organization. They find themselves with that feel of a winner, and it's showing. And, Jimmy, you brought up a good point. You know, Anson just scored. It seemed like it seemed like he hadn't scored in six months. I, I, I didn't know it was 14 games. It was like forever. Let this team, let him get back in the groove. Forsberg come back. Subban's going to do his thing. And I feel, I'm still expecting more from Kevin Fiala. But, and then let me add this. Now, Mike Fisher sees all of this. He knows what he brings to this organization. This organization knows what Mike Fisher brings to them. And you're talking, when you have a winner and you're building a winner, what do you have to have 
you must have a leader. Yes, Pecker is the man between the pipes, but you have to have a leader out there on the ice. And all of us know Mike Fisher is a born leader. And he's a great locker room guy, which is something that you can't discount when you're running into the playoffs like that. Um, You know, him coming back is, I think, going to be kind of the – the push that Nashville is going to need to step it up even more so um, just because of his locker room presence and everything that was said last year um, during the playoffs about how he was keeping the younger guys calm and relaxed. And that is, that's a huge thing, um, you know, for a, for a team and you guys are still fairly young, which is even scarier. (laughs) So, now, what's the talk down there about about the letters? Uh, are they going to? Is somebody going to give up an A? Because I, I, I think Yossi's going to stay as being the captain. I would think. You know, they're not. Gonna, Yossi, or, Yossi, or I mean, but what are they? What What are they talking about down there? You know, on local media and things like that. You know, what what's the speculation? I guess is to, you know, when they when Fisher does come back, is he is he going to be you know an alternate captain or or how is that going to work? Well, you know, I'm thinking, and this is me. Now, the media is, you know, talking about it in different ways. Yay, nay. For me, I look at it this way. Mike's made it clear that this is it. This is it. He really feels that he can make a difference. He feels that this team is ready to win the Stanley Cup. And all he wants to do is his part. I don't even think that Mike is interested in an A. And now, would it change anything? Would it hurt anyone? Of course not. It's Mike Fisher. So to give him an A, it's just logical. But I don't think that that's what think about. He's only coming back for 30 or so regular season games, a playoff run. Listen, everybody knows that this guy can have a C, an A, a Z, a Y, an X, or an O, and he is the leader of this hockey team when he's on the ice. I don't think well, it's going to make a difference. I just mean with his veteran experience, you know, when you're when you when you're wearing a letter, you're allowed into the um, or the referee's box, so to speak, whenever they're discussing things or they're doing replays or those. You're allowed in there. If you don't have a letter on your sweater, you know, you're you're not in allowed in at all. And I I just think that with you know his his experiences being the captain for so long and uh, in knowing the referees, you know, that might give a little bit more of an advantage to the Predators if if he's able to, you know, kind of assume the same, that same kind of role with the, with the uh, referees and uh, linesmen that he had, you know, that he's used to having. Yeah, that's a great point to me, especially because, you know, he's, he's like, he's like another coach out there and you want to be involved in this. So it would make sense that he gets the A, especially in that sense, because, and, and, and again, the fact that he's going to be able to get, if he gets that A, that plays a key role. It also, of course, will play a key role in molding, these young players because yeah sure so like i said everybody will see him as a leader but you're right when you have a letter it's a whole different story not just for what you said but for the young players right i i can't disagree with that at all now you know um it's interesting because i guess if i would have thought about it a little bit more when i watched the cup finals last year and i watched the the Nashville interviews in the locker room, one of the things that struck me out was, or struck me 
and really made me think. And when you were talking, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, Nashville, the players, they were like, you know, to come this far and lose, it's probably the worst feeling in the world as a player. And, you know, I can remember 2008 seeing that same, you know, mentality from my club. And and then they turned around 2009 and won. So, you know, I, I should have thought about that because a losing a cup final can fuel you as a team, as an organization. And it should. And, and it should. Yeah. It should. I mean, look, look how far they got. And as you said, you were right. When it was all over and the celebration was happening and the parade was thrown down here, uh, you know, it was a beautiful sight to see the crowd, the guys downtown on, in Broadway, but you could see it. And some of them mentioned it as they were speaking on the stand, the hunger, the desire, the letdown of last season. They, they were so grateful. I forgot who it was. It may have been our Forsberg who mentioned how great it was to see the crowd and the support and how crazy that the, the Predator fans were, but it only made them as a team want to hurry up and get next season, this season, started again. Because as the old saying goes, they had unfinished business. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm still under the belief, had you had a full healthy roster, we may be talking about, you know, the difference. The defending, the defending Stanley Cup champion. You are exactly. correct. Well, that and that exactly. call, really bad call and then Game six, where they didn't review the, the, the goal didn't count, but that's a whole other deal. And I'll, I'll, I, I'm glad they fixed that this year, and they're calling that more. And uh, it's just a shame that it took that to to go about that aspect of it. And 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 I don't, you know, I I'm not from Nashville, I'm not from Pittsburgh, you know, neither one of those teams. But you know, watching it from afar, watching it from my, you know, my couch, you know, I I I, I couldn't understand why that wasn't a goal and. You know, and it, it, in the end, you know, Pittsburgh probably would have won the series anyways. Um, but, you know, because just, you know, like you were talking about, you know, Nashville wasn't playing with a a full complement of, you know, and they're, you know, losing your top scorer is, is difficult, you know, especially right. in, when you're trying to make a Stanley Cup run. But, you know, remember the old Bum Phillips expression? <laughs> Yeah, you could probably say you got a, you got the accent for it. You could probably say it better than me. But you know, you knocked on the door, or you got well, to the well, door. Speaking speaking of accent and speaking of sounding, Jimmy, I've been meaning to tell you this, but I've been waiting to come back so I can listen to your voice again. But let me <laughs> tell you something: you, your voice, and the way you talk, you are a dead ringer. David Coyle. Oh wow! <laughs> Unbelievable. I, 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 for a second, I, for a second, I just, I just wanted to say, please keep talking. I just want my GM to just keep talking. Where? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's because he grew up where your mouth is frozen most of the time. Anyways, you can't open your mouth. You know, where you, where you guys live down there, you can you can have a drawl because you can open your mouth, but here it's too cold to talk. So you just you just you talk with your lips, and that's about it. Well, what what, what accent what, what what accent do I have? Give me a northern or a southern. You have a southern accent, sir. 
Wow, that's great. I've been waiting to hear that for three decades. All everybody kept telling me was, oh, you sound just like the New Yorker. Yeah, forget about it. I've been trying to sound like a Southern, but no. Kim, you brought up a really good point. The scary, the scary fear for the rest of the NHL is the youth of the Predators. This is really a young hockey team. You keep this hockey team together for a while, these guys learn, embrace, and learn how to win. They have a goalie ready to take over for Rene. Yeah, it could be a really rough next couple of years for the rest of the NHL. Yeah, well, it, it definitely could, depending oh, on expansion draft. Expansion <laughs> draft, and you also have to look at um, a lot of these players are on small contracts right now, and there is a salary cap in this era. And you know you look you look at um, what your second line center Nick Bonino, um, you know he he should have stayed in Pittsburgh, but he didn't want to stay in Pittsburgh because he could get more money and get more notoriety by going from Pittsburgh to Nashville. And there's going to be a lot of that that's going to happen on this team, especially if you make another cup run, and people are going to, um, and, and so you know the time is now. You know, you're not going to have you're not going to have the luxury of being able to keep all those defensemen for very much longer. You know, it, people are going to come after them, and you know, and you only have so much room underneath, um, you know, your cap space to keep all those players. And, and ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, David Coyle masking himself as uh, David <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, that, that, that's a good point. And, and again, it, 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 I, I have to admit, and a lot of people will admit around here, yes, it's really good to see the Predators do what they're doing. We didn't expect them to get off to the start, maintain the start. And now, I mean, you're looking at a team right now that's just, it's like they just continue to get hotter and hotter. And, you know, you let uh, Johansson get back into it and, and let these guys continue to mold. anything can happen. But, of course, you know, teams like the Golden Knights and the Lightning are going to have something to say about it. The Jets are not just going to go away just like that. Right. Well, I was wondering why my dog jumped. Yeah, I know. That was a really big lightning strike, doggy. It's okay. Oh, it's it's thundering and lightning down there? Yeah, I didn't expect that, but uh, my little dog, uh, my uh, one of my dogs, really freaks out, and I was wondering why. She, I thought she was avoiding a a puff that went too high. She, she, she <laughs> yeah, went, you're she, lucky. Yeah, she went high side. Uh, yeah, you guys wow. uh, got a little bit of cool weather, huh? A little. It's always cold for Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, come on now, it's not always cold. Mm. But Jimmy, in, in the winter time, <laughs> the wild talking about the wild. I, I expected a little bit more out of the wild this season. Uh, and uh, what what what's going on with Minnesota? Well, I didn't really expect a whole lot out of them. When they're they're coming back now, um, they're actually playing pretty well. Um, but they they just had so many injuries. Um, to key players, you know, you you lose a Niederreiter, you lose, you know, Parise. I mean, he's only played for you know half a dozen or dozen games, maybe at the most now. And he just finally came back from back surgery, so you know, you 
um, you go through, you know, over half the season before you get the roster that you, you know, we're, we're going to start the season with together. Um, it, it, it's difficult to play in that, and you know, that's the easiest way to go about it. And they just can't play on the road for whatever reason. And, but um, they're doing pretty well in St. Louis tonight. <laughs> You'll be happy to know St. Louis won't be getting any points tonight. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Of course, the uh, Predators are on a, uh, a road trip uh, right now. Game six day road trip. Uh, we'll see how that turns out in, of the road and how important that is. But it's going to be uh, great to see this, this straight rush, this stretch run in the NHL. And I've always said this. There is no playoff sport like playoff hockey. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, not and Jimmy well, and I actually, we talk a lot um, on the, you know, during the week. And last night we were talking about it, about how, you know, you beat, you play a team for seven games. And at the end of the day in hockey, you all shake hands. There's really no hard feelings. And you can't say that about any other sports playoffs. No, no, no. Isn't that beautiful? You know, it's not like all other sports. When the game is over in the other sports, everybody heads to the locker room. Everybody heads to the locker room. But in hockey, it's mandatory. You line up. You come, you skate together. You shake hands. You congratulate each other, sportsmanship all the way around. Yep, it definitely well, is. Well, truth in uh, truth in conversation, um, not everybody shakes everybody else's hand in that little lineup that goes across. <laughs> Jimmy, I, didn't, I just didn't want to tell the truth. I just didn't want to tell the truth. That's all. <laughs> most, they'll shake most everybody's hand, but they they won't necessarily shake everyone's hand. Um, yeah, and and I bet and that, all have that's them. okay. You know, and yeah. you, you know you got to have that rivalry, and you got to have that that goes on. And you know, um, it, uh, it it's like you're talking about you know, playoff hockey. You, it, in usually in a best of seven series, best team wins. In hockey, it doesn't seem to be that way. The best team doesn't necessarily always take the four games because there's one guy that can change the aspect of the entire series. And that's what makes getting into the playoffs so much so important. And you guys, you you know that for a fact, Ralph, from last year. You know, I don't think there was a person in Nashville that in at this time in February last year thought that Nashville was going to the Stanley Cup. No, no, Jimmy, you can't, now I'll go further than that. After sweeping the Blackhawks, which around here is just a major thing after all the whoopings taken and letdowns that we've had playing the Hawks, nobody was talking about. Of course, there were people saying, oh, well, hopefully this leads to a, a run deep into the playoffs. Nobody was talking about the Stanley Cup finals. No, not until it happened. And then reality Right. Uh oh. There goes a peck they they go that that sounds like a penguin fan. <laughs> yeah, he uh 
it's my fault. I have hockey games on, and my dog actually likes to chase the puck on the TV. So I apologize oh, for that. I, no, no, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Apologizing for a hockey game with four legs? Yes. Don't make the save. Make the save, buddy. <laughs> guys, always yeah. such a – oh, it's so much fun talking hockey with you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's always great to my, have my you dog. on. My dog is snoring on the couch next to me, so <laughs> my dog's a little different. So, yeah, if you got yours is on the couch, I said just representing the wild season, huh? <laughs> <laughs> kind of right. Kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's everything is so close this year. It's it's amazing. Like, looking at the standings and stuff, it's just, like, everybody's so close. They're bunched up together. Well, you know, it, I, I looked at that in the West, of course. You know, you've got the Jets, you've got the Preds, you've got the Knight. Uh, I'm not sure who else. Everybody else is at least three or nearly ten or more points behind these teams. So, after that, everybody else seems to be closer. To I Sorry. love this topic. <laughs> Jesus, the best. That's the, and I wish my dog. They need to take these guys. They can take you guys to the rink. You need to take after this dog. <laughs> guys, I want to make sure, of course, you know that I'm going to be around to talk uh, uh, predator playoff hockey. Uh, so I'll be ready for you guys. Yes, I can't wait. Playoff. Well, you know we can't wait down here. As a matter of fact, maybe on one of those shows, uh, uh, you can uh, because I'll be. I'll be there. I'll be there. So, uh, you know, well, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. That's for sure. We're very excited here in Nashville. You see how crazy this city was. And, and, and imagine another Stanley Cup run. This place is just going to go crazy. I'm not going to miss that. Well, because they, they've already done it once now, you know. And, and, and how cool it'll be, you know, for Winnipeg and, and Nashville, you know, to be, you know, the two top teams coming out of the Central. Now, the the interesting thing for me now is – Okay, so the Wild are probably going to win this game because they're up six to one or seven to one now or whatever, and they chased the backup goaltender who chased, you know, and they put Allen back in, and he's not doing very good. So, um, so the Wild will have sixty-three points, right? Which will put them one point behind San Jose in the Pacific, so to speak, right? So now, if Calgary wins or Anaheim wins, then Los Angeles will go from being the number three in the Pacific to not being in the playoffs. And that's going to be something that's – because you look at, you know, okay, so if – let's go with the Wild winning. Um, San Jose will be at 64, Wild at 63, um, Los Angeles 61, um, Colorado 60, Calgary 60, Anaheim 60. So you're – the, the – Pacific teams are only going to be able to jockey for that third spot in the in in the division. So, if but the number one team in the conference is Vegas, so you've got three really good teams in the Central. You know, it, so it, it starts to play out. You know, where which team do you which which way do you want to go if you're you know if you're Dallas or, or Minnesota. Are you going to want to go the Pacific route and have to be able to beat Vegas? But then your second game is going to be really easy, so to speak. 
or are you going to want to fight two games to get to the, you know, conference finals? And yeah, this is where coaching gets fun because you start eventually, it'll come the time where you start playing for seeding because you know that coaches are, are going to think, well, do I want to be the eighth seed and have to play the Knights or the Predators or the Jets? Do what I, what I hope to get the third seed? So this is where it gets very interesting. And then teams like the Knights, the Predators, and the Jets, well, they're only playing for one thing, and that's top seed in the Western Conference. Definitely. I it, it's I I haven't looked at the standings um, tonight, but I know like Nashville was up there pretty close to. Um, I think they were up towards the top of the uh, the overall standings, like with every team. Because um, yeah, one of the, the things Knights, that Jim, the oh, Knights what'd you say? The Knights have seventy-four right. points in the West. And the Predators and the Jets are second in the Western Conference at 71. Of course, the Predators have two games up on the Jets. Right. Basically, an advantage right there. And then you've got the Blues at 67, the Stars at 66, Sharks at 64. And that goes to what Jimmy Stark was talking about. So you've got teams like the, the Blues, the Stars, the Sharks, the Kings, the Wild. They start playing for these you know, then you got the Flames and Ducks at 60 points, along with the Avalanche right behind the Wild 61. So it's going to be a scramble after the number three spot. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, looking overall, Tampa Bay's first in the league, followed by Vegas mm-hmm. and Nationals at third. And that, that's what I was thinking about. Winnipeg's right on their heels, though, which, you know, it's amazing as much as Winnipeg struggled last year, how good they've become this year. Exactly, and of course the Bruins are at 70 points, five points behind the uh, Lightning. They find themselves, what, uh, number five. And those are the only teams, when you look at the Lightning, the Bruins, the Jets, the Preds, and the Golden Knights, the only teams with 70. The closest, of course, the Blues are 67. Everybody starts to get bunched up from there. Uh-huh. You look at, look at the, the Metropolitan Division. The Capitals are up with, with 65 points. Right. Wouldn't you love to have the wild in that division? Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Well, like I said, you know, I, after tonight's over, you know, there's, there's only one team in the Metropolitan as great as that conference division is. There's only one team that might even make the playoffs in the in the West. And, that, and if the wild win, they won't either. So um, it, it it's just crazy the way, you know, the, the different divisions set up every year. You know, and – I, I, that's the thing about hockey. Well, and it's not over yet. We we got a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it, it's just getting crazy. But you know, you look at okay, look at the Atlantic Division, and that's done. Yep. You know, you know, Florida is seventeen points behind Toronto, so they're done. So now it's a matter of which five Metro teams get in. But mediocre records, and mm-hmm. as they beat up on each other to try to get their way into there, so um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. That's really close over there too. I mean, you're talking, you know, one or two points for, or maybe three points for two spots, three spots, four spots. You know, and nobody's really pulled away 
or pulling away. You know, Pittsburgh's been playing pretty well as of late, but you know, that is kind of an up and down trend. But you look at, you know, the Atlantic and that, that I mean, they're set. All they're doing is just waiting for the playoffs now. Right. Yeah. I just pay attention. Yeah, the Penguins, yeah, 61 points, four points behind the uh, cap. But I'm not going to count them out. Uh, you got you win two Stanley Cups in a row. I'm not counting you out. I think the thing that worries me the most with Pittsburgh right now is their record on the road. They are um, 10, 15, and 2 on the road. And, you know, they just – if Pittsburgh didn't have such a high-powered offense, I'd be really concerned because when they don't score, they don't win games. And I'm not talking like, you know, well, you any hockey game you score one goal, you're not probably not going to win a game unless your goaltender pitches a shutout. But, you know, um, like we'll use the Washington game as an example Friday night, you know, Washington had Pittsburgh on their heels for a little bit. And then the third period came around and all of a sudden the Penn's offense clicked. So even though Murray let in four goals, Pittsburgh scored seven. And when your team's scoring five, six, or seven goals a game, you're pretty much going to win games like that. Um, You know, unless the other goaltenders really, or unless your goaltender's really having a bad night. Um, but then you look at the back-to-back that they pulled. Um, they played Washington at home. They scored seven goals. They went on the road. They played um, the Devils and on a back-to-back, and they scored one goal. So that that's really concerning, um, and it should be concerning for any Penn fan to look and, okay, so your coach doesn't have last change, so here you're not doing, you know, you're not scoring goals on the road on top of that. It, it, it's kind of concerning to me. Now, Pittsburgh has had a history of being really bad on the road anyway and turning it on in the playoffs. But, you know, that's not going to happen every year. No. Well, and, you know, you look at you look at Pittsburgh the way they're defined right now, and you, you have two lines that are, are really good. And you can set your lines up. Um, at home, and but on the road, like you said, you can't. But then you look at a team like Nashville, and they're they're four deep. You know, right. they're fourteen fourteen seven and four on the road. That's that's a really good road record. That's an outstanding road record. Um, that's a I'm gonna make a run because I don't care where I'm playing. I can win at home because while well, they're eighteen five and three at home. Fourteen, seven, and four on the road. So they're it's about a wash, you know, a little bit worse on the road, but everybody is, but not dramatic like everybody else, you know. Right. You know, you look at you, you look at Vegas. They're they're they yeah they have a winning record on the road, but they just lost again tonight. You know, Winnipeg's average at best on the road. You know, a lot of teams are like that, and um, that's what has been. That's the thing that um, that Ralph was talking about. You know, they're they're pretty balanced top to bottom. They don't have to have they don't have that one superstar line that has to do no. everything for them. You know, their fourth line, the third line, you know, can do really really well. And um, you know, that's I think what's going to be a, a big ticket for Nashville. What do you think, Ralph? 
Yeah, you brought up a good point there, Jimmy. I didn't even think about it. So you've got a good home record, which you should. You've got a damn good road record. You go four deep. You've got a great one-two punch between the pipes. That's a, that, that's a recipe. I'm not going to talk catch Stanley Cup yet, but definitely a recipe for a deep playoff run, and it goes back to what I was saying about confidence. This is a team now. They have no reason not to be full of confidence. They can they win at home. They can win on the road. They can come back. They can blow you out. It doesn't matter who starts it in the net. And they have a, a coach with a proven track record in building winners. Right. And, you know, you're talking about Nashville having a good home and away record. The other team that stands out to me in the East is Tampa Bay. They're 19-9-2 and two on the road mm-hmm. and 17-5-1 and one at home. So the, yeah, but they, they kind of like Nashville. They just win every game, though. Tampa Bay doesn't count. They, they, when you're talking about stats, Tampa just seems to be – uh, Tampa Bay just seems to be, I don't know, they, they, they're on a, they're on a slide right now. They're not doing as well. But, you know, you look at Tampa Bay and you look at Boston, and it's like the way they're beating teams, not necessarily just the fact that they're winning, but the way they're beating teams when they're showing up is unbelievable, you know. Uh, yeah, they lost to Edmonton, you know, and, I'm sorry. But you know, Connor McDavid live, showed up. <laughs> you, know, you, live in Tampa, you live in Tampa Bay, and now you have to go to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I'm thinking the temperature difference between Tampa Bay and Edmonton is, is more than like three degrees. Um, so you have that factor going on there too. And then Connor McDavid shows up and decides he wants to play and just blows them out the whole game. And he was, he was just amazing to watch. Unbelievable. So, um, Unbelievable. Yeah. And, you, and you mentioned that about Tampa Bay, which is true, because you watched them at the beginning of the season. Look, you know, to, to, up to this point, not too long ago, it was a team that it was like when they lost, I, I would kind of, well, they lost? They actually lost. Now they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games. And coming back to the back, the Bruins, of course, 8-1-1 one one in their last 10 game in ground. On the Lightning, the Bruins started off so strong. I'm waiting, and I've been waiting for the Lightning to fall back. Because, it, I mean, and I'm only saying that because the way they've been playing, it, 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 it only made you think there's only one way for this team to go right now, at least in the regular season. they got to fall back at some point. Because remember, you get to that point as a hockey team, you know, do you want to have a run like this? throughout the entire season because it starts making you wonder, do we fall off at playoff time? Well, we surely don't want that. But it also makes it scary for the East because if Tampa Bay's coming back now and they pick it back up, oh, Lord, that could make them really scary from the postseason. All right. Yep, and it can. And, you know, I I was asked um, after this, I guess we were asked what about midway no probably a couple weeks ago Jimmy and I had a question from somebody and they asked us um you know who who do we see being in the cup finals and truthfully you know I can see a team like Vegas making it I can see a team like Nashville making it um from the east east coast right now I could see Tampa Bay easily making it 
Um, you know, Vasilevsky's having a really great year this year in goal, too. Really don't see anybody. I mean, even with the Bruins playing the way they are right now, I mean, I, I, nobody in the Metropolitan is going to challenge them. I, I just don't yeah. see anybody stopping Tampa Bay from making a run straight to the finals. Don't ask me about the West because you already know my answer. Mm-hmm. And as it should be, and it's a good answer. I mean, it's a really good answer because they are currently one of the hottest teams in the NHL, and they're, you know, they're getting better. They're getting Mike Fisher back, you know, and, yeah, he's going to have to knock a little rust off, I think, but, you know, in game form, not, you know, skating because you, once you play hockey, you don't really forget how to do your fundamentals, but, you know, game situation, he's probably going to take a game or two to knock the rust off. And then after that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, but Fisher is not the kind of player. He's not like a, a Johansson or, a, you know, or these other guys, Crosby or, or you know, Malkin or you know, Kane or any of those guys that, you know, relies on his shot. He relies on positioning and playing, and he's he's out there to play 200 feet. And he can easily do that. You, you, the, the, there's not as much rust when you don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to make that perfect pass or am I going to, um, am I going to make that shot? Am I going to beat him glove side or whatever? That's that's not what Fisher's all about. He's he's about you know making the other players on the ice better and um, defending. And you know, like I said, he's a two he's a he's a 200 footer, and you know, getting him back is going to be a big thing for Nashville. Huge. Huge. Again, having a winner, a winner full of confidence, and then bringing back one of the ultimate hockey players. I mean, he's just going to be so huge because you you said that, Kim. When you're a hockey player, you know how to skate. You don't forget the fundamentals. It's basically playing yourself back into shape. But it's what he does. Forget, Forget the getting back into shape because he will. It's what he does in that locker room and then on that ice for this talented hockey team. It's like he realized, one, I'm going to come back because look how good this team is. I'm hungry because of how short we came last year. We just missed the cup. And how much work, if I'm Mike Fisher, how much work do I really have to do with my stick as opposed to my skate and my mind for this team to be a winner? Right. And he's just going to add to it. It's not like, you know, he's not going to mess up the chemistry of the team. He's going to actually add to it the knowledge and the veteranship and the personality and person that he is. He's just going to add to that team. And, you know, it's going to be – oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Well, you know, I I live in Matt Cullenville. And, uh, you know, and we, he, for the last three, four years, he's, it's always been, am I going to retire or not retire? And, you know, during the off season, he decides, you know, what he's going to do and how he's going to amp it up and all that kind of thing. And whether or not he's going to train the way he needs to train. Well, because he's a veteran, he knows what his body can do and he knows what he has to do in order to get himself into playing shape because he's not mm-hmm. going to go out there and embarrass himself. So, you know, Fisher obviously saw what was happening with, with, um, with the Predators and said, okay, uh, I guess I start my training re- regimen now so that I can decide if my body is going to be able to handle 
playing for Nashville um, through the stretch run into the playoffs and in the playoffs. And obviously his body responded. So he said, yeah, I'm going to make this run. And of course, Nashville's going to say, yeah, welcome back. You know, you know, because if they wouldn't have, you know, Pittsburgh probably would have taken them or Washington would have taken them or the Kings would have, you know, there's any number of teams that would have taken them to play. But I think he's got, you know, that much loyalty in him that, you know, he, he went to the Predators first and said, you know, hey, you know, I want to make another run. And they said, you know, well, here's your jersey. Here's your locker. Welcome home. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 Right. Yeah, just for those who are just joining us, we're talking with Ralph Garcia from NGSC Sports, and I will link his page and everything on our Facebook page so you can find him. Um, again, if you guys want to call in and talk to us tonight, 516-418-5573. Now, um, I wanted to ask you, because you had brought up earlier in the show, Ralph, about the Forsberg suspension. Um, you know, we had, and I'm going to, you know, use this question that we've had for a couple of weeks now. Um, Nate wanted to know why are the NHL games so inconsistently called and why does the department of player safety not make consistent suspensions? That's a question we all, I think, scratch our heads over. One of the biggest things in all of sports right now, that's a big issue is the referees, the calls, and the, more, 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 to be more precise, the consistency of the calls. The department said that Forsberg delivered a late, high hit, causing an in- injury to Jimmy Vesey. Of course, knowing that Vesey got a concussion for that. But when you look at the play, of course, everybody was like, what are you talking about? It, it didn't seem and appear that way. But again, more importantly, is the consistency from the NHL Department of Player Safety. And and that's something that, I mean, it's a big hit, obviously, for the Predators here. Again, on this four-game trip, he's going to miss the first three games. Uh, he's already missed the Islander game. Of course, he'll miss the Toronto Maple Leafs on the Ottawa Senator, Senator, uh, the Ottawa Senator game. It's his first uh, suspension of his career. But more importantly, again, it's the inconsistency of the calls. And I, I keep asking myself, like everyone else, Yes, we have to leave this in human hands. It would be lovely if somebody made some kind of robot or machine that could take care of this and get it right. That's probably 50 years down the line. But the inconsistency, we see it. And the only thing consistent about the refs and the calls in the NHL and the Department of, of, of Safety there is the inconsistency. That's the only thing consistent. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I watched um, Buffalo and Florida the other night, and Larson got, um, I believe he got a two-game suspension, too. And to me, it just looked like a hockey play. Like, I, I didn't see anything that warranted a two-game suspension when I've seen a lot worse happen that nobody gets a fine or, you know, or anything, not even a slap on the wrist. And then there was the... Uh, the Oshi fine, he got fined five thousand dollars, and you know it, it. It doesn't make sense. It's like there's no consistency, and you know they talk about why are NHL games consistently called. I wish they would just clarify what goalie interference is. 
and I know we've talked about that before, but this year especially, um, James Neal broke his stick over the head of Vancouver's goalie, and um, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Vancouver, it was Hellebeck that he broke his stick over his head. But there was no goalie interference called on that. No, and when, when you look at the play, and you look closely at the play, Vessi's coming down uh, the right side, left side of his goalie. Forsberg's on the opposite side. As Vessi slides around behind the net, Forsberg basically takes the left side of his body. It's like a, a check. And the thing that I know that the department saw was when, as Forsberg is making the hit, he lifts, and if you look very closely, he lifts his uh, shoulder and his elbow right up into Vesti's face and his head. And I, that's what got him into special. Yes, Vesti got a concussion out of it. But it looked, as the play was happening in normal speed, it just looked like a regular hit from a player who was trying to make sure that the other guy could not get the puck. But when you look at it slowly. So what, what, was, what, was, the, what was the call on the ice? I didn't. He, Jimmy asked what, what the what call did, on the ice was. Did they call a penalty? Uh, no. So no. what they did, what they did then is they looked back through it, and oh, mm-hmm. you know, people get so upset because they're so biased as far as um, their own particular team, and in how the the league is, you know. It, you know they're not they're not being consistent because well my team didn't get this when that team didn't get that but you know if you look back at the play you know and I haven't so maybe this situation is different but and real quick a lot of times, my, a my lot, mistake a lot of times let me it was here real quick fear. a lot a it lot of times yeah it was called what it was fear? called interference I'm sorry it was okay okay so but a lot of times the league will look back at that and they'll go okay well. There was intent here, you know. He came around the net and he hit him, and he, like you said, he raised his arms or his elbows or his shoulders, or he, he came up off the ice. So they're going to call that. They're going to fine him that, or they're going to suspend him for that because he he it was not a normal hockey play. It was. It looked like an intent, you know, an intent to injure. And if that's the case, then they're going to suspend a player. If mm-hmm. it's a incidental play, it's going to be um, a fine, and that's the biggest difference. And it, you know, it, it it looks like it's inconsistent because this guy did this and this guy did that. But if you're coming at a full head of head of steam and you you know you leave your feet or you move your body up over to try to you know hit him in the head or knock him into the glass or any of those kinds of things, that's going to be a suspension. And because they're really trying to cut down on the amount of players that don't have brain cells when they're done working. And, you know, the important thing to remember is that, yeah, it's fun to watch the game played, but these people have to have lives after they're done playing hockey. And if they can't police the game any better than they're doing, um, then they're not doing a very good job. And the biggest way to, stop that kind of play from happening. And I, I'm not saying Philip Forsberg was, is a dirty player. I'm not because, you know, that's his first suspension and what have you. But the biggest way 
to stop that from happening without going back to fighting again, you know, and, you know, dropping the gloves every 20, 25 seconds is to suspend players because then you're hitting them in the pocketbook. If you hit them for the $5,000 suspension, $5,000 fine, yeah, whatever, that's nothing. But you suspend them for a game, that's a game check. You know, that's one eighty second of their of, of their pay. You know, so you're looking at you know millions of dollars that you make a year. Now, now you're that, that that's a hundred thousand, you know, or one hundred fifty thousand, or two hundred thousand. You, you you find them for two games. You know, you're looking at maybe a half a million for some of these players because they make so, so much, you know, ridiculous amount of money. Well, maybe not that much, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. So, and if you suspend them, then they yeah. then they lose their game check. And that is that hits them in the pocketbook, and that makes them go, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, and it was a $96,000 hit. Speaking of money, it was a $96,000 hit for the full Forsberg, and I don't care how much money you make. $96,000 is nothing to, to just throw away down the drain. And and you brought exactly. up a good point. You know, when, when you're going at the speed that you're going on, the players are skating on the ice, it's not like, say, a football game, a baseball game, or a basketball game, because the speed in those games obviously doesn't compare to speed on skates. It's hard in real time to go ahead and criticize a ref. And, again, I looked at the play just now while you were talking. I decided to go ahead and look at the play myself again in slow motion. And when you look at it, yes, Forsberg is lifting his left shoulder and his left elbow up into the head of Vesti. And that shows, as you said, Jimmy, that shows intent. It may not be the intended to hurt the guy. He just wanted to land a big check on him. But the, the, the department's going to look at it as intent to injure. Right. And, and when you look at it that way, you know, then, then, you know, maybe the suspension would, maybe wasn't enough. You know, I mean, how many games is, is the other player going to lose because of, yeah, right. Yeah, and like you no, said, I, what happens yeah. later on in life? These guys still have to have a life after their career, right? And you know, in, right. in the in the immediate time, I I always thought that you know if if you intend to um, injure a player and a player gets injured and that player is out, the player that injures him should have to be out for that amount of time and one game. That is out and standing. not and paid. I love that. And you find him those game checks and hit him yeah, where it hurt, on the ice and in the pocket. Exactly. He doesn't get paid for that. So, you know, like the slashing penalties and all those kinds of things, you know, like Eric Stahl when he slashed Johnny Goudreau, and Johnny Goudreau was out for, you know, I don't know how many games. But, you know, Eric Stahl should have been out for those games, you know, and he should have been not been paid for those games. And, you know, I think that there's a way to police this, you know, without having to necessarily drop the gloves and fight every time. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Yeah, right. like I said, looking at the replay again, Kim, it, it does. Anybody who's not a Predator fan, and, and, and I'm a Predator fan, but, but one thing I've always prided myself in, I'm a fan of the sport, so I'm going to call it correct whenever I see it. And now that I've looked at it in slow motion, that I, there's no question of uh, there's no questioning the suspension, and as Jimmy just said, we're pretty lucky that when you look at it that way, that it wasn't more. Right, and this will be one to watch too. Um, and 
this just came through on my my messenger or uh, my alerts. Alex Burrows is could be hearing from the player department Department of Player Safety for repeatedly repeatedly kneeing Taylor Hall in the head. I'm going to be interested to see what kind of suspension, fine, or whatever comes from this. And this is what these guys have to pay attention to, you know, because start thinking about if it was you. I mean, I'd like to see Forsberg and the Predators take a good look at, at that and then the one that you're talking about right now. I mean, so you're talking about if I needed a head over and over, what, on the same play? Correct. Yep, for repeatedly. Yep. And that's Ottawa and, of course, New Jersey. So that, that'll be one to watch. What point are you trying to get across by doing that? And there, are just guys, there are some guys who just can't help it. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, Brad Marchand's been suspended how many times? <laughs> yeah, many he, gets, he gets overkilled on his suspension, which is it's stupid, you know. Well, it's because of at, who he is. Yeah, well, he is, and he, he's a tough physical player, but, you know, I again, I'm going back to intent, and I don't know that he's intending to um, really hurt a player. He's just trying to, you know, there's there's a difference between a cheap play and a tough play, and I think that he does more tough plays, where if you look at a player like Ovechkin or you look at a player like your guy Crosby, they're, they have a lot of cheap plays, and they never get a penalty for them, and they never get a fine for them because they're they're the quote-unquote um, face of the franchise, the face of the, of, the, of the league, you know. And, you know, it, my fear is that, you know, Austin Matthews and uh, Patrick Laine and um, Connor McDavid are going to see that and go, well, I can get away with this, and, and wow. I'm going to keep doing this. And it's like, I, I would like this to end, you know, when the Crosby-Ovechkin era ends, I would like the cheap shots by the superstars to go away. Right. Yeah, and been... in, in Jimmy's defense, he's not picking on either Crosby or Ovechkin. He's, you know, using them because everybody knows who they are, you know, Um so I, you know, in Jimmy's defense, I don't want people to think that he's just picking on Crosby because he's a penguin, or he's picking on Ovechkin because he's a great goal scorer that's not on the wild. That's not the way, you know. That's not the way things work on our show. You know, we call it, we try to call it as straight down the middle as we possibly can. So, um, oh, you know, right. Jimmy, in, in your defense, I just wanted to say that before my messenger right. blows up. <laughs> right. Well, and, and you know, I could I could say the same thing for um, Taves for Chicago. He's really big. Patrick Kane's not that way, but um, Taves is that way. I mean, he 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 gets a lot of cheap shots in. Um, there's there's a lot of players throughout the league that you know just get the benefit of being able to you know do things that other people can't do just because of them. It and it's that way in every league, and you know and. I'm just hoping that, but in every other league, you know, it, it it's not like career ending, you know, you're not losing fingers. You're not, and like I pointed out, per, you know, perfectly well, you know, Eric Stahl is probably the reason that slashing call is, you know, has been so enforced now because he, you know, slashed Johnny Goudreau, you know, it had nothing to do with, you know, 
Crosby slashing the finger off that guy. It had everything to do with Eric Stahl and the fact that who he hit and not necessarily um, who hit When you talked about Ovechkin and Crosby, you know, it, it needs to stop because this has been going on forever. Just ask Mario Lemieux, Marcel Dion, Guy Lafleur, Phil Esposito, Mike Bossy, Wayne Gretzky. I can go on and on. These guys have been getting chopped, slashed, kicked, bit, God knows what else. And, and it's all because you're trying to take out the number one guy. And, and it's got to stop. It has to stop. It's too dangerous. Right, well, especially the, the speed they play. The inverse of what I'm saying, Ralph. What I'm saying is that they're able to get away with doing stuff as opposed to stuff being done to them. Oh, no. you're going the other side. Yeah, you're going the other <laughs> side. Yeah. Okay. You uh, can, I mean, if you can, you can watch any Washington Capitals game and you can see um, Ovechkin in front of the net cross-checking somebody. That would be a penalty against anybody else in the league and he's not getting called for it. You know, you can see um, Caves from Chicago, same thing. You could probably see, you know, half the, you know, a, a couple players on the Predators doing that that, you know, now have cred like Johansson. Um, you can see it, there's a lot of players that are your um, A-list players in the in the NHL that get away with um, penalties. And what I'm concerned with is, you know, can't we get rid of that now with the new kids coming up? Because we have so many new kids coming up into the league now with, like I said, you know, with, with Matthews and, you know, with, with McDavid and, and, and Line A and all these guys. You know, can we just, like, make them play by the same rules as everybody else and not yeah, be able right. to get away with the cheap shots? Yeah, like, you know, the, the, you don't the, 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 stick, the spearings and all those kinds of things that – they get away with that, you know, you know, that's a five minute major if it happens to, you know, one of our blessed ones. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want these kids, like you said, you don't want the young kids to start getting ideas and saying, well, what the hell I can, I might as well do it too. Right. Yeah. And I completely see, you know, Jimmy's point and I can see other people's points too. Um, the nice thing is these kids that are coming up like Johnny hockey and Marner and um, Matthews, they're not, they're playing just pure hockey right now. And it, they're so much fun to watch because they do play it. So much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. And, 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 and guys like, like every decade as it moves along, the athleticism, the speed, the agility of his man is oh my god! It's so beautiful to watch, and it's a it's, it's a good amount of them, a good handful of them, not just the one or two players anymore. Yep, exactly. Well, Ralph, we're running short on time. I can't believe how fast tonight's going. But right. you are well, always one, welcome one, on the one, show with us. Give me one quick thought before before we go. Sure. And it's a Connor McDavid thought, and he could spend his whole career as great as he is in Edmonton and never have a club record. Say again, Jimmy. Never had what? Never have a record. Never have a scoring record. Never have an assist record, a goal record, any kind of record because he was there. 
do you think there's this part of him that wants to go maybe somewhere else where he can how that record, or do you think he's just happy being there? How how could he not? NBC Sports uh, had a uh, little speech. I think it was earlier this morning, speaking of Conor McDavid, that he may be uh, a part of one of the NHL's best wasted seasons. I mean, you have to get to a point where you realize, first of all, I'm really good at this. I mean, I am really good at this. But the rest of my team really sucks. And it's got to come to a point where, you, you know, like any other player, you want to remain loyal, but you got to want to get out of there. It's all about winning. You want to skate around with Lord Stanley's Cup, and you know you're not going to get that opportunity with your team. Jimmy, you have to have, to have the want to go somewhere else for the, for the chance to do it. 21 years old. He's got, he's got so much hockey ahead of him. He's, I can't imagine him not wanting to go to a winner. Well, he's like, 21 years old, but you look at the amount of youth that's on that team, though, and the amount of high draft picks and a lot of really good players that are playing on you know, that could play for that team. You know, they just didn't it, – it, they need a veteran. They need a couple of veteran presidents. They need a general. They need a new GM. Is what they need, and um, they need somebody to. They need somebody to bring in some talent that's a little bit older to teach these how to kids teach these kids how to play off the ice. And because they have no problem playing on the ice, it's just they're not ready to play and they're not in the right spot. You know, look look what happened in Toronto. And Toronto's got the same same deal where they have. They have a lot of really, really good young talent, but you know they picked up a couple players that are older. You know, maybe you know maybe it's the GM's fault and not, you know, I, I, I guess I wouldn't sell Edmonton short um, as far as how well they're going to do, but um, I can see your point. You know, and if they don't if they don't fix that, you know, and I'm Connor McDavid and my contract, but they just signed him to a long deal, so you know he's not going anywhere. Veteran leadership, veteran leadership. What Stanley Cup champion has hoisted the cup and didn't have veterans on the team? That's how you win. You just don't win because you have the talented goalie and you have this young goal scorer who can skate his butt off. No, you have veterans who have been there, done that, that know their way around the NHL, that know their way around the locker room, the ice, like you just said, to show these kids how to win. What's the difference if you have a whole bunch of talent on a hockey team, but everybody's so young, they're still learning how to play the game. Um, Kimmy, can you do the Matt yeah. Cullen reference? The Matt Cullen <laughs> reference. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, well, Pittsburgh was, oh, how was, uh, had all this talent, the and they were really good young kids, and then they got this really old guy that knew how to play. And yeah. was a leader, and then they won two cups in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I. I <laughs> my calling. That's, calling, I think no. that's concept right there. Yeah, it is. It's exactly, and that's exactly what happened in Pittsburgh. When Cullen was signed in August of 2015, he was signed specifically to bring a presence to the locker room that um, exactly. that was lacking in Pittsburgh, and you know. I, I like to tell my Penn fans that um, I don't think there would be two cups without that four 
four line depth um, because of the fact that you had Crosby, Malkin, Benino, and then when Cullen's your fourth line center, you're doing something right. But not only that, he kept them cool. He kept them calm. He joked around with them. Like if you watch the uh, NHL Network um, stand, Road to the Stanley Cup from last year, game six, Cullen is chill. Everybody else in the locker room is just kind of tense. And he's like, let's do this again, same way. Let's win it on the road. Don't even bother mm-hmm. about going home. You know, and exactly. to have that older guy come in is a huge boost to any young team. And that's why when I heard Mike Fisher was coming back, I was like, oh, my gosh, Ralph, let's get you back on the show to talk exactly. about this. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know, saying what you said right there, and I said it at the beginning, at the beginning of the show when I came on, look at this young Predator hockey team and all the talent they have, and they're still getting better. But you have to have that veteran leader there. When you bring a Mike, not just anyone, when you bring a Mike Fisher back and what he brings to that locker room, and like I said a little while ago, it really doesn't matter how much he does with his stick and his skate as much as he's going to do with his mind in the locker room and on the ice when he's sitting on the bench leading these guys, teaching these guys when they come from a shift change and he's able to pull a young kid over and tell them, listen, this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing wrong, this is how you fix it. That's what's so important, especially when you're young and you're getting that advice from from a Mike Fisher. It only makes you better. And you listen to them. That's the big thing. No matter how young you are, no matter how cocky as a player you think you are or how good you think you are, it doesn't matter you listen to that veteran presence mm-hmm. because sure they've been there before. Guys, I love hockey. I really love hockey. I tell you, I told you guys before, I, I had I had to go to a little variety store back in the late 70s and 80s so I could, I, I borrowed them. I, gee, I never brought them back. But, uh, you know, I made my own Stanley Cups. But when I talk to you guys, man, this is fun, hockey. So much fun. I cannot believe I've been with you guys nearly an hour and a half. Holy crap, it's time fly when you're having fun. I know. I know. I know. And we tend to ramble. We tend to ramble, Ralph. Sorry. Yeah, but, you know. Never be sorry. Never be sorry. We can talk. We can talk (laughs) to the playoffs. I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I tell everybody that's a guest on our show, Feel free. It's an open door policy with Jimmy and I. If you want to call in out of the blue one night, feel free to give us a call. You know, if something hey, happens in the middle of a predator game and you're like, oh, I got to tell these guys, please feel free to call. Um, you know, we love hearing I, well, from and, you. And we can, and, and, you know, if you have your own team that you like and you want to talk about them, please call, you know, let us know and we can talk about them too. You know, this kind of almost turned into a national predators fan line, but um, <laughs> it, but we did talk about other things too. So, um, but you but the Predators are relative, you know, they're relevant. You know, they're the defending Stanley Cup losers, and uh, you know, they made it to the Stanley Cup. I didn't mean losers. I didn't mean to put that in a bad tone. Um, no, no, I'm a true but, fan. I'm a true fan. It's okay if my team is a loser. I know that you know Bossy, Chico, Resch, and you know uh, they're not coming through the door anytime soon. Well, but you know what? It's it's you know it, only one team gets to be a, gets to win the last game, and 
your team got to the you know the, to the finals and you know there's a lot there you know there's 29 other teams last year that would have loved to been at 28 other teams last year that would have loved to been in the, in the conference final, the in the cup finals and uh um the fact that you know your your club did and um to finish this out before I let you go completely um Becca Rainey, I, I've talked about him a few times, and I've discussed him a few times, but is he the first number to get retired in Nashville? That's, uh, wow, Jimmy. Now that first, is First one number in the Raptors. That is I mean, one he's been, there for, he's been there forever, and look where, he ta- look where he's taken you, and look what he's done. And he's never gone anywhere else. He's had other options, but he stayed there. So, I mean, does that jersey get to go up in the rafters? I can. I'll answer it this way because obviously, and 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 right now, we would look if I have to answer it quickly. Yes, but I, but I'll answer it this way. You can believe your pucking stars that if the Preds win the cup, you might as well put that jersey up there now. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah, definitely can't. Great. Well, Great if, you know, if they do, and um, they do win the cup with Fisher coming back, he he probably goes up there too, right? Yeah, Fish goes up there. Fish would, yeah, he would go up there. So there you go. Now you're thinking of someone else. It's someone else you have to yep. think of. But Peck, of course, has put so much more time in than Fish. But if they win, both those jerseys go up and. I wonder because we know that this is it for Fisher. It w- no, you the predator, If the Predators win the cup, is it is that it for Rene? I don't. Oh, I, I, I don't think, think so. I think he enjoys <laughs> playing way too much. I mean, he yeah. he is actually, and he even said so in one of the pregame interviews of one of the Nashville games that I was watching that this is the first year he's actually having a really good time playing goaltender. And it shows when goalies are having fun, they tend to be a lot better. Oh, you got that right. You got that. I remember way back in the days, although they didn't uh, win the uh, cup, uh, the, the Rangers made an incredible run with John Davidson at the net. Being an Islander fan, it drove me crazy to hear it over and over. Save, Davidson. Save, David. Oh, what a save by Davidson. <laughs> Shut up already. But you're right. It is showing. It is showing. It's going to be exciting here, guys. These last 30, 31 games of the season is going to be exciting. It's going to be a great playoff run. And as you guys already know, I'll be back on the show for the playoff run. We cannot wait. We cannot wait. But we do thank you so much for coming on tonight. And like I said, you have an open door policy. Anytime you want to give us a call to talk hockey, you're more than welcome to. Well, you get ready because I'm going to kick that door open a couple of times. Sounds like a great plan. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. Thanks, Ralph. And you have a wonderful night. All right. Uh, 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 Excuse me, Mr. Coyle. Uh, Look forward to interviewing (laughs) you. At the end of the game, uh, uh, at the end of the game, when you guys get back home. <laughs> All righty, sir. Hey, you know what? Anytime you want me on your show, let me know. Thank you, Jimmy. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ralph. Bye-bye.
Bye. Bye bye. We always have a blast talking to Ralph. He's such a knowledgeable hockey fan in general, and he knows the Predators inside and out. So, you know, with big news like that, it's always nice to get somebody on that has, you know, a better vision than maybe you and I do about what's going, you know, how it can affect the team. So, um, yeah, well, I, it, it affects my team too because suddenly now they're <laughs> even better than they were before. So, well, that crap. Yep. Exactly. So we've had a phone call hanging for a little bit. I'm going to take that real quick, and then I do want to get into college and talk about that for the remainder of the show. Okay. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Jimmy. Hey, you two. Hey, Lou, how are you? All right. Yeah, I was trying to get in with uh, Mark mm-hmm. Kelly last week, but um, I, I ran out of time. I wanted to stay on longer, but, you know, duty called. So. Right. We did talk to Diane, though. <laughs> oh, she, uh, yeah, what what she have to say? Oh, she was talking about the New Jersey Devils. She got in at the very beginning of the show, and before Mark came on. Early. Yeah, sometimes I mean, yeah. the last two weeks we've had special guests on, um, but you know we'll go back to normal here shortly, where we'll do college at the beginning of the show, especially with March yeah. coming up. I was um, just reading something about um about a female um. Hockey player playing for the U.S. Uh, last name is Kessel, um, and she is going to be uh, playing in the U.S. She uh, overcoming uh, major injuries, you know, to get to this um, term, the um, hockey tournament, which starts, I think, on uh, Saturday for the Olympics. For the what? For the for the Olympics, she's going to be playing in the Olympic uh, tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, that starts uh, this week. Right. I think yeah, I was just reading Saturday or Sunday. I was reading an article on her. Yeah. Amanda Kessel. Tough kid. She's really good. Yeah, tough kid. <laughs> really good. Uh, uh, Amanda Kessel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Amanda Phil's Kessel. Her, Phil's her brother. I thought it was Phil's sister. Yeah. No, Phil's I mean, her brother. That familiar. I was like, no. I was just thinking, is that Phil's sister? Yep. Nope, that's, no. uh, that's Amanda's brother, Phil. Um, if you watch Amanda Kessel, you will find out that she's a really good hockey player. Um, yeah. Really, really she, she, good. I, I, I've been watching her since, um, well, she came from Madison, but I watched her play for the Gophers, and she is just, she has talent that um, it's almost, if, if there was no checking in the NHL, she'd play in the NHL. She right. has a shot. She's quick. She is, she's outstanding. She's really, really fun to watch. And um, on the Olympic size ice, um, you will see her play, Lou, and it. She's amazing. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't get a chance to see a lot of women's hockey, but from what I've read, I mean, this kid, this kid is great. No, oh, she is. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, if you actually, a word of advice, if you want to see some of her skills, um, YouTube her. Look her up on YouTube and watch her videos. I just might do that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really now, uh, great. McDavid, though, seems to be the real deal. I mean, he's on a roll. I mean, he did he did fabulous for the All-Star game. He had four goals last night. Guy's on fire. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to see it. Um, he's had a pretty rough year so far, but – and when I say rough year, I mean for Connor McDavid, rough year. Um, right. 
but you well, know, yeah, he had four goals. He had four goals against Tampa Bay, and now he's like three points out of um, the points lead for for the NHL. So he's not really having that rough a year. It's just his team's not playing very good. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, one guy's one guy's not a whole team, so. No doubt. Right. Well, well they haven't been yeah. getting any good good goaltending, and uh, got some trade news to tell you about some of the sport before, players. Uh, before I go, so you know, I mean, Edmonton's not done done yet, but they're probably no. done for the playoffs this year, which means they get another first round draft pick. Yeah, got some trade yeah. news for you. What's that? Uh, concerning uh, between the Yahoos and the Stars. Who are the Yahoos? You you call them the Predators. Oh. Well, why wouldn't you call them the Predators? Right. Well, Predators is such a is, is like such a dirty name. So when we thought Nashville, I thought like you know Nashville country Yahoo. So I thought I kind of adapted that. So anyway, um, they acquired uh, okay. forward Mark uh, Mitchell from the uh, Stars for defenseman Andrew O'Brien. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. And um that happened a couple days well, ago, yeah, right? Some, yeah, some, huh? That happened a couple days ago. I know, but my uh my um pages were kind of uh, delayed with the NHL they usually are. So uh Right. Yeah. yeah. Well Lou, uh, the, no, we we hate to cut you off, but I have some I college know. stuff that I want to get to real quick and we're Ooh. running very short on time. I know. So I'll call us next week and we'll talk to you. Longer. All right. All right. I'll we'll do have that. more time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, too. All right. Thanks, Lou. Bye-bye. Right. All right. So everybody that listened to the show last week knows exactly why I want to get to college hockey so bad this week. Would it be Wisconsin? It would be my upset. <laughs> it would be the upset of Ohio State sweeping Wisconsin. It wasn't just Ohio State one Friday night. Day one, Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> so I'm very excited about, I mean, not excited that Wisconsin lost, but I like it when the women's side gets a little shook up there, um, you know, because Wisconsin's been so dominant. And um, we actually had a comment about it. Uh, Melinda tweeted us, Jimmy, and she said, Kim, I have to give you some, some help. Every time you and Jimmy say, when will Wisconsin lose, you jinx my girls. Please stop saying that. <laughs> And well, it's it true because we said it going into the championship. Right. I mean, it's not malicious, and I think she was just giving us a, a hard time there. But, um, yeah, I mean, what about that upset? Well, they lost to Ohio State, which is number six. They lost one nothing on Friday night and then on uh, – Saturday night, what they, they got beat three one, so it's not like they were, it's not like they were losing to a really bad team, right? And if there was not East Coast bias, um, Ohio State might be two or three as far as because Ohio State's <laughs> got a really good team. I've watched them play a couple times this year, and that's a really good team. So um, yeah. It's fun to watch Wisconsin lose because it puts them into that we're not perfect mode. Right. But here's the pro- here's the problem. <laughs> so 
for um, those of you that don't like um, Minnesota or Minnesota Duluth or Wisconsin because they win every year, um, the Olympics are going to be over in like three weeks. And then all those players are coming back. Right. Just in time for the tournament. And the push uh-huh. for the tournament. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Minnesota will be in. Um, Wisconsin will be in. Um, those are given. Duluth, I don't know yet. Um, they probably will be. Um, and for those of you that like, think I'm Midwest biased, um, look up who has won the um, Women's National Championship. You know, if you take out Cornell, um, nobody. But Minnesota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. You mean so, Clarkson? Uh, you have to take out Clarkson. Clarkson, right? Not Cornell. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking the men's. Side. No, no. I was gonna say. Wait, did I miss something? Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, Minnesota Duluth has dominated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what what struck me interesting about the Wisconsin game was that Friday was a one nothing upset. And, um, you know, it, that was the bad, or that was Ohio State's first win against the Badgers since February 14th of 2015. So it's been three years almost since they've won against Wisconsin. And Wisconsin was out shooting OSU um, in the first period. They out they outshot them twelve to two in the first period, but in the second period, OSU outshot or the Badgers outshot OSU twenty one to two, and then it was one goal that was scored. This was a goalie game on Friday, and then right. Ohio State completed their first sweep of Wisconsin in nearly eight years by winning three to one on Saturday. Well, that was in Ohio. That was in. Um... Columbus too, which is good, you know, which is right. fun. And I, I'm sure that was ruckus. I mean, that's, you know, you bring in number one, you're going to get crazy. You know, it, it's fun, you know, and, and I know for those of you that don't understand college hockey and women's college hockey, you think that there's like 11 people there, but there's not, you know, the arena is packed and they're still getting just as crazy as your NHL game or your um, elite college game or what have you. But so I could just imagine just how crazy, because I didn't get to see the game. So I could just imagine how crazy that was. That had to be nuts. Yep. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Well, because you get to watch it, right? Well, yeah, I did watch Friday night's game. And, you know, you, you watch the amount of shots that each goalie took, and you were kind of like, okay, one of these are getting in eventually. And it took, it was just one goal that got in. And you're kind of sitting there going, wow. And I think the girl's name was Emma, and I don't really don't want to mess this up, but I think it was Emma Maltese or Maltese that scored the okay. only goal Friday. Yep. Well, so in, she was like the, the hero of Ohio game. State. <laughs> it, it, well, in like, like I said about the women's game, it, it's fun because – you get a lot of shots on goal. You get a lot of shot blocks because you're not playing up against the boards like you are in, in the men's game. You're playing in the middle of the rink. So you get a lot of shots, but a lot of, you know, savable shots. So it's, I don't know, to, to me, it's, 
it's it's going to be really fun. And I really hope a lot of you people um, watch the Olympic Games and watch the women's hockey um, because you'll be able to see it and just realize how much more fun the women's game is to watch than the men's game. And, you know, I, I can't say that in any other sport, you know. Um, you know, I like the NHL. I like men's college hockey. But when I get to watch the women's college hockey games, um, like I watched um, St. Cloud State this weekend, um, they're so good because they're, it's, it's all just skill. It's not about how big I can beat you. It's not big about, you know, you know, it's not big, you know, it's not whether or not I can run you into the boards and, and do all those kinds of things. It's about, you know, I can beat you on a, you know, on a toe drag and I can beat you on this and I can beat you on that. And it, 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 it's fun. It's really fun to watch. So, right. you know, and we're going to do a lot of Olympics coverage. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I should mention, too, um, the infamous Beanpot tournament is going on, and the championship game is set. It is um, Northeastern versus BU. Oh, I just looked at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a pretty interesting uh, championship game. Wow. Yeah, because Northeastern beat Boston College. Yes, they did. Oh, so much for that number three ranking. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, I know we're running really short on time um, this week for college, but, you know, it's getting, and I should forewarn our listeners, it's getting to that time of year where college, unless we have like a special guest like Ralph or Mark Kelly or somebody else on the show, it's getting to that point where Jimmy and I are going to switch our focus towards the college side a lot more and the Olympic side right now for the, at least the next couple of shows, because the Olympics only come around once every four years. Um, So we will be shifting our focus a little bit more towards the Olympics and college hockey. And then after March and after the frozen four tournament, the women's college hockey championship, then we will refocus, back on NHL. That's how we did it last year, and that's kind of the way I want to do it again this year. Um, so just, you know, be forewarned. <laughs> um, so but, yeah, have, I mean... Um, we have a big game coming up this um, this weekend um, with um, in the ECAC. With the what? I'm sorry? The ECAC, the conference out uh-huh. there, because we only got right. four weeks left. Um, but um, this should kind of decide a lot of things. Um, Cornell's playing Clarkson, and those are the two um, teams from there. One's three, one's seven, and you know that's normal for like the other conferences, but not for that conference. And right. then the following week, and then Saturday, they play. Um, Cornell's playing St. Lawrence, who has been ranked, and then Clarkson's playing Colgate, who I think was 20 last week. So right. it'd be interesting to see how these teams that have been ranked so high without playing anybody, when they actually have to play somebody, see how they do. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited this week. There's a 
quite a few games that are coming up this week on both sides that I think are going to be interesting games to watch. Um, Minnesota on the men's side plays Wisconsin this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, from everything that I've read, it seems like Vermont is the team to keep an eye out on the East Coast there. Um, I, I I totally lost my train of thought. But, um, yeah, so they play Vermont. Who do they play this week? They play New Hampshire. So, um, But, yeah, the Wisconsin Gophers game really kind of sparked my interest. That's probably the one that I'll get. But I guess before we go off air here, we should let everybody know um, we Notre Dame is back in the number one spot on the men's side in the rankings. Yeah, and Denver is number playing, two. They're playing number six in Ohio State this weekend, though. Right. <laughs> exactly. There so aren't enough pansies in the Big Ten or the MTAC, so. Right. <laughs> Yep. And then on the women's side, we have, with Wisconsin getting swept, we have a new number one on the women's side, and that is Clarkson, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And Wisconsin's two. Boston College is three. So, see, well, a sweep US- like... Right. But the, the um, USA Today poll has Wisconsin still at number one, so... Yeah, it depends on, I use, um, well, for the most part, I use USCHO.com to look at my rankings or I look at the pairwise, um, which we're going to talk about next week because Jimmy and I figured out something on that um, for people that like stats. Um, It's going to be a great tool. I want to get into that next week. Um, And, yes, I did spend my lunch break mulling over that, too. (laughs) So, But... um, yeah, it's. I can't believe we're at the end of our show, Jimmy. Already, it, what a crazy two hours that went by so fast. Well, yeah, we're awfully sweet, chatty. So but that's good. It's good. It's good to get another voice in. So. It definitely is. So next week, like I said, be prepared for college overload. Um, I definitely want to flip our focus to that next week, starting off, and then um, we'll probably spend maybe the last forty-five minutes on any NHL news that comes on. Plus we'll be talking about the Olympics at the beginning of the show too. So you don't want to miss that. I don't have any final thoughts, Jimmy, do you? Well, it's as far as college hockey goes, we have this weekend and then we only have three more weekends left um, before the the season is over and we start going to the tournaments. So we don't have a whole lot of college hockey left. So like you said, it's a good idea to get into that. Right. Exactly. And there are some pretty close matchups. And, um, you know, some of, some of these conferences are going to go down to the wire. So it'll be fun. Yeah, which is exactly what I want to start off talking about next week is what we were talking about on the phone last night is how winning your conference this year could be very important compared to other right. years. Right, because that's the only way you're going to get in. Right, exactly. Well, we thank everybody for listening. We hope you guys have a safe week, and we'll see you guys back here next week. Good night.